Could I get Peter and Louise and could I get Lisa? Would you just come and join me at the front here? So you may wonder why is Colin is Colin going to do this? Is that what he, just what he's going to do on a Sunday morning? Just call people randomly up? No, no. That's not what I'm doing. So we had our members night uh, last Sunday night um, and we have three new members. Yay! I'll not keep you standing. Feel free to take your seats again. We just wanted to celebrate you. And Andrew pulls out the flip to record and the moment's gone. We've a lot to get through this morning. We've got to make it happen. We, what, what I want, I don't, I suppose you could stand up there for longer, but I don't want you to stand there feeling like, what do I do up here? We are growing and we are delighted to be growing and it is wonderful to have you on board with us. In the new year, we will be uh, again giving opportunity for more Meet the Pastors, which is an opportunity to go through really an introduction to who we are as a church. Um, and then I will be doing members nights as well. So fantastic, we're growing. Could I get us all to stand? We're going to take communion together. If you love Jesus, this is for you. Communion is about remembering and applying what the sacrifice and death of Jesus accomplished did for us. And we've been looking at that in our message series, The Light of Love. Um, So let's be about uh, getting rid of any uh, offense, um, of any unforgiveness that we might have, and also enjoying the fact that we are free and forgiven. So we want to remember what Jesus did for us, and this is communion is also about self-examination. Let me read from 1 Corinthians 11, uh, 23 to 32. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. This is why many among you are weak, sick, and a number have fallen asleep. But if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. Nevertheless, when we're judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. So we want to look and see that we are in right relationship with God and also in right relationship with each other. So... If you have had uh, what I would say is really since last communion or in the last week or in the last number of days, I might add, even as you were coming to church, if you wanted to rip your head off your spouse, please, what I would ask you to do is going to give a few minutes and give you opportunity to basically go and make things right. This is not about accusation or condemnation. Remember, the enemy does that. God brings conviction. And conviction looks like you might want to look at that little thing there. So Holy Spirit, would you come now and bring to mind anything that we have let in that we would know of any issues that we need to deal with that we might have with one another?
So we want to give you opportunity now that if you have any offence towards anybody here, then please, if you would go over to them and forgive them. Okay. Could I have Claire and Claire up, please? If you would uh, give out the bread, if we could all um, just hold the bread until um, everybody's got a piece and then we can eat it together in unity. us to eat together. Pray for us. Nathan and Andrew, would you come out and give out the wine? Andrew, would you pray for us and release us to drink? Lord, we thank you for the blood that you shed on the cross for us. And we ask that as we come together as a community, that you will help us to remember and grow in the reality of what you have done for us. And it's in your name we pray. Come, Holy Spirit. And increase your presence among us as we stand in remembrance of what you did.
Remembering that you're not on the cross anymore, that you're alive. I have the picture of someone who is um, standing, feeling very intimidated by what stands before them. And they feel overshadowed by it. Um, And they feel that their whole life is just um, crushed by uh, what's going on around them at the minute. And the Holy Spirit would encourage you today to recognize that he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. You don't need to be afraid. So may there be a breaking of that fear here today. So come Holy Spirit and as I speak this morning, would you uh, touch us? Would you touch places where we're bruised so that we can know that we have some hurt there? And will you bring healing here this morning? And will you shine through us like never before? And all God's people said, amen. Have we remembered well? Thank you, everybody. Please, have a great. So if you're new here this morning, it is great to see you. My name's Colin and I'm the pastor here. And you have jumped in on message five of our current message series, which is the light of love. Andrew last week was teaching on the light of the cross. Did you enjoy his dancing? Did he? He did dance, didn't he? I know I was watching for more of it this morning. You express yourself, Andrew. You have your liberty here, okay? So uh, next week also Mark will be teaching on the light of love covering you, but this week I am looking at the light of the cross shi- or the light of love shining through us. So we've covered a number of things, and we've said that the light of love shines on us, that God's love is on us whether we know it or not. The light of love then shines uh, th- in us as we respond to His love for us and open up to His light in us. And what that looks like is we realize that His light is on us. And then we have to partner with him. And if you're any little bit like me, it looks like he says, can I get into that room? And you go, oh, that one? What room? I don't see a room. No, there's no room there. He goes, yes, there is. Do you want, can I come into that room? And after a bit of a dance, we go, all right then. And he comes in and his light then is not just on us, it is in us. The next stage then today, which we're going to look at is the light of love shining through us as we become who we are created to be. And I don't know about you, but that sounds like a good thing. Would anybody else be with me on that? So um, you are deeply, specifically, and intimately known and loved by God. Why do we keep repeating it? Because we've got to get it. We need to have it running through our veins that that is the first thing that we think of whenever we think of God. Jesus Christ died for you to to set you completely free and you are forgiven for all of it absolutely everything, that the hammer fell once on Jesus Christ and therefore shame, condemnation, accusation, guilt, the whole heap is no longer yours to to take hold of and to own. We've looked in depth at forgiveness for ourselves and for others and the effect of unforgiveness on us and those around us. And last week Andrew talked about the light of the cross, that Jesus is not on the cross anymore and that the cross is a place of light and joy. And if you were like me, what I took away from it again was we are not sinners. We are saints. That we were once sinners, the moment that we go, I believe that what Jesus did for me was enough. You are a saint. And therefore, if you sin, you're a saint who sins. You may go, well, Colin, that's just semantics. No, it's not. It's about identity. 
you are not a sinner, you're a saint. Remember when we were looking at mind matters, we talked about Proverbs 23, 7, which says that as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. This is so important. We are saints and we are not sinners. And today we want to look at the light of love shining through us. So let me read from Isaiah 61 to 3. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises over you. And his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Now you can dismiss that away and just go, well, that's not for me. Or you can go, what if? Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Just throwing it out there. We want to be uniquely ourselves. This is about you being uniquely you. We are each a particular vehicle of that light made specifically for a specific purpose. Now, I'm quite sure, and I've said this now for the third time this morning, if you're anything like me, you want to know who you are and why you're here. Are we all in the same boat? So this is a journey of discovering who we are. And what I find with God is he really wants to share with us who we really are. He really wants to tie the bits of the jigsaw puzzle that he's placed throughout our lives. And you know the minute when you get that one bit and you just slot it and you go, oh my goodness, I didn't realize that was there. And whenever afterwards you see the fuller picture of that part of your life, you think, how could I miss that? Well, you missed it because you were just waiting for that little piece. So God wants to share with you who you are and who we are as a church. John 8, 12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And then Matthew 5, 14, Jesus said to us, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. So because he is, we are. Because he's the light of the world, then we get to be the light of the world. So it's about the light on us, then the light in us, and then the light shining through us. And a great example of someone who burned brightly, just this succinct verse for me, um, just expresses really who we want to be. So this is about John the Baptist. John 5.35, John was a lamp that burned and gave light, and you chose to enjoy his light for a time. So each of us, as we start to own who we are, and as we let the light in and let it shine through of us, will be lamps that burn brightly. And I guarantee you that there will be people that will be enjoying the light that is within you. They may reject Jesus Christ. They may not even believe in Jesus Christ. But they will absolutely enjoy his light as it shines through you. I remember hearing a guy say that, you know, most counselors, most professional counselors would shun the teachers of, of Jesus as far away from themselves as they possibly could. But the reality is that if they're any good, they're following them. So let his light shine through you. And if uh, you find a bit of liberty with this, just let that need to tell people about Jesus fall off you. What? Is this a Christian church that I have found myself in? Absolutely. You need to get the shoes off you. And as you start to feel the need to justify the light, to speak to the light, just let your light shine. You'll find that you'll want to share about Jesus more. You'll find it'll become much more natural. But you'll also find that people go, what? why are you like that? How do you do that? Why aren't you freaking out like everybody else? And you can go, well, it's because of Jesus. And they go, what? Who is this Jesus that I, I've heard about all my life but never really knew? 
We eat the fruit of those we encounter. Galatians 5, 22 to 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Have you ever been around um, individuals and afterwards you, you think, well, sometimes you'll think, my goodness, they're very negative or my goodness, they're very critical. But sometimes you'll go, there's just a goodness about them. Or you meet somebody else and go, they're really kind, aren't they? Or they're really faithful. Did you ever think that the fruit that is growing within us is actually what other people eat whenever they engage with us? And by its nature, everything that God has created has life in us. Bear with me a minute, I'm a gardener. It has the ability to reproduce itself within it. So the minute that you encounter somebody who has a kindness about them, what does it make you do? It makes you want to be kind. Or somebody has a goodness, you think, what is that? Or somebody has a faithfulness. If it's a faithfulness thing, sometimes I'll go, ooh, there's areas of my life where I need to be more faithful. So then I go, okay, let's be about the business of doing that. But regardless of whatever we are eating and taking in, we are bearing fruit. And Jesus said that we would know a tree by its fruit. So let it be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control that come flowing out of you rather than anything else. So we get to be light because he's light. And it's a process. Discovering who we are in Christ is a process of understanding, of yielding ourselves, which is really death to self, and of ownership. Confident humility is knowing who you really are. And John Eldridge, who wrote Wild at Heart and all sorts of different books, said that uh, let people feel the weight of who you are. Now that can look like simply saying to somebody, I was hurt by what you said. Or by you going to somebody and saying, do you know, I was hurt when that happened. Or them coming to you and uh, saying, look, I'm sorry. Or simply saying, no, 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 I know this to be true. I remember years ago, uh, I was in my early 20s. And this guy had decided about me and really decided that I was just a... just someone to be disregarded. And he really challenged me one day just about something I was talking about and uh, just really went for me. And I just stood there and said, no, I'm not taking that. He said, that's your opinion of me, but that's not who I am and I'm not going to take that. And in that moment, I felt like, oh, is that the right thing to do? Am I disrespecting my elders by doing that? Oh, if I got it all horrible. You know all of the thoughts that flood you as you stand up. But as I stood up, I thought, oh, no, it's not true about me. So I just let him feel the weight of who who I am. And it's not an arrogant thing. It's just simply being who you're created to be. Who we are is progressively revealed to us one step at a time. And it is an exciting journey of discovery. Habakkuk 2.3, for the revelation awaits an appointed time. So time unlocks revelation. So as we go on this journey with God, his light on us, his light in us, and we partner with him, then he starts to reveal to us who we are. He starts to also piece together our past. So you'll find that your history then starts to come together in its wholeness as well as much as your present. And that's a journey that I want to go on. The revelation awaits an appointed time. And I was uh, teaching this at our leaders team during the week. 
And I don't know that it's specifically about chronological as in Kronos time. I think that a lot of the time it's about Kairos time. Kairos time is basically a time of divine opportunity. So as we partner with him, there are things that we don't have to go round the mountain on. Now what I mean by that is we don't fail any of God's tests. He doesn't go, you flunked that one, out you go. He just says, right, okay, let's do it again. So you go around the mountain again. And I really don't enjoy going around the mountain. I just, oh, it's, and everybody around me doesn't enjoy me going around the mountain. Isn't that right, love? As my wife nods her head, for those of you who are listening on a podcast, my wife is agreeing emphatically. We don't want to go around the mountain. We want to get what God's teaching us and move on. And as we do that, then he releases more revelation to us about who we are. John Eldridge also said that desire reveals design and design reveals destiny. So what are you passionate about? What lights your fire? What happens and you think, oh, either flares up in what you could almost describe as an anger. It's like, that's just wrong. Or, oh, we could do that so much better. Or that, oh, I just, oh, I really want to do that. What are those things? God said that he works in us so that we will will and act according to his good purpose. So did you ever think that those desires that you maybe thought were terribly secular, the only thing that is secular to God is sin. So those desires that you have, those passions, maybe it seems a bit strange. Maybe it's like, I really want to do this course, or I would love to do this, or I'd love to do that. Well, why don't you maybe knock on that door and see where that goes? What are you passionate about? So this is a process of becoming. And as we delight in him, we are changed who we are is revealed and it allows us to receive the blessing that God wants to give us. Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So what I'd suggest to you is that we don't know what they are. Most of the time, we haven't got a clue what the desires of our heart are. So much so that God says that he's the one that has to give them to us. And it is in our, in our delight that we are changed to become the type of person that can actually receive what it is that he wants to give us. Second Corinthians three sixteen to 18. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And where we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory from glory to glory to glory which comes from the Lord, he is the Spirit. So as we delight, we are changed. If God was to give you the desires of your heart right here and right now, had you not have gone through the process of delighting in him, because it's our delight in him that causes us to be changed and transformed. If he was to give you that blessing and that thing right now, I would suggest to you it would likely seriously affect your life negatively or destroy you. We have to become the type of people that can handle what it is that God wants to give us. And he wants to give us the desires of our hearts. So in Kierkegaard, who was a a theologian, said that now with God's help, I shall become myself. So after ministry, if I'm talking to you and you've had some time of personal ministry and I'm saying, how are you doing? And you go, I just feel like lighter. I just feel a bit more like myself. That's what we're looking for. If you have thought that for us to be changed and transformed by God means that you're going to be completely different, the tone of your voice changes, your hair color changes, your idiosyncrasies are different, you're just going to be yourself. 
God wants you to be who he created you to be. And he knows who that is. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Now, Psalm 42, verse 7 says, It deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and your breakers have swept over me. Often whenever God speaks to us, we know that it's him speaking to us. Somebody will say something and you'll go, that really hit me. And maybe you'll think, oh, well, I don't, I don't know what that's about. And you start trying to understand it and figure it out. And it just doesn't come together. Well, what I would suggest is that if you imagine that we are like a box, this is the totality of who we are. And we understand maybe a, a third of that. God often speaks to the depths of who we are, the other two thirds, and calls us out because he knows what he has placed within us. So when there are circumstances and somebody asks you to do something or you're in a place in your life where you feel utterly unequipped, but you can't argue with the fact that he's called you there, what I would suggest is stay put, don't run away, because his grace is enough. And as you lean on him, who you are is going to be revealed. And who he is, is going to be revealed through you. The light of love will shine through you. So God calls to the depths of who he's created us to be. And often we allow our own understanding to reject what he's speaking and unveiling. We tend to see everything from the current perspective that we have. So a number of years ago, it would have been maybe 2008, 2009, um, I remember talking with Andrew and saying, I hate my job. Anybody else in that boat? I hate my job. I want out of my job. It just seems wrong. Why would God want me to be in this horrible job which I absolutely hate? And God never, ever, ever would come along and go, son, because you've moaned at me as much as you possibly could, uh, let me just let you off for that. Out you go. Where you go on you go. He never did that. And I remember Andrew said to me, what if the job that you're going to doesn't exist yet? And as he said that, I thought, yeah, there might be an element of truth in that. (sighs) We tend to judge things from our current circumstances. We don't know. We do not know. You know the joke, how do you make God laugh? Tell him your plans. We don't know. We don't know what he wants to do, maybe a little bit, maybe we know a whole heap, but we don't know. So will you stop assessing yourself on your own understanding? And if he comes and says, would you like to come and do this? Why don't you go, I'll call right then. Could it go spectacularly wrong? Yeah. Would that be the end of the world? When have you learned the most? Absolutely, that's certainly been my testimony. It's humbled me. It's made me realize that God's the one in control. And actually, rather than deterring me from doing the thing that I desperately want to do, or sometimes really don't want to do, it's made me go, do you know what? God and I can figure this out. I just have to stand up and go, all right then. And there are times, believe me, when I go, I can't believe I'm doing this. See this whole pastoral business? I can't believe I'm doing this conversation. Can't believe I just said that to that individual. Half of the time I don't share things with anybody because it's private confidential. And the other time it's because really if I did, people would think, you're so rude, Colin. You're so abrupt. You're so bold. But I have to say for any of you that I've had to talk to or you've talked to me, normally we've been in a better place afterwards, have we not? It's been great and it's been good and there's hugs and 
We're going to get there, aren't we? Nobody's quitting on anybody. It's all right. So we just got to present ourselves. The only way I'm going to present myself is if I know it's him that's calling me. That's the bit that I want to get settled. I don't care whether I think I can do it or not. And as he says that, I know that there's going to be a circumstance that will come my way and I'll stand and go, I don't know whether I can do this or not and I have to practice what I preach. And you'll all come to me and go, are you going to practice what you want to preach that call now, you? So we tend to see everything from our current set of circumstances. Our current set of circumstances are not always going to be the same. So we want to embrace God whenever he speaks to us in whatever way he does. Fred Beekner, who um, is a writer I really enjoy, said this. Whenever you find tears in your eyes, especially unexpected tears, it is well to pay the closest attention. They are not only telling you something about the secret of who you are, but more often than not, God is speaking to you through them of the mystery of where you've come from and is in summoning you to go. I'm sure you've all had those moments. I've had several. I remember uh, Claire had started, I think she'd had your first day subbing in uh, Hillcroft. And as she spoke to me, I started to weep. And I thought, what the heck? I'm not, what is going on here? And she said, I don't know. This just, just feels different, but it feels overwhelming. And I said, oh, I don't know, but I'm crying. So maybe there's something about this. She probably went, all right, love. Well, here he goes again. You've been watching Star Wars again, have you? Got you all emotional. Um, a number of years ago, I'm, I'm sharing this because, you know, so often we think that the experiences that we have are for others when often God is actually speaking to us about ourselves. Andrew and I, I had uh, met Andrew in 2003. It was in prayer ministry in Summer Madness. And then a number of years later, I was on the prayer ministry team, which I was very excited about. And I think there was myself and another lady were ministering to Andrew. And as we started to minister, I started to howl. And I mean, like, weep and weep. It was just coming from the depths of me. And I could barely handle it. I remember feeling kind of crushed over. Now, why was I weeping? I was weeping, but I'm going to do a Dennis and touch his knee. Um, why, why I was weeping was I caught a glimpse of God's heart for his son because Andrew was saying yes to him. And what I caught in the middle of that was that that doesn't happen a whole heap. And what I caught in the middle of that was that that breaks his heart, both when we say yes and both when we say no. And I couldn't handle it. Now, I want to be the type of pastor that knows his God. And I want to know how my actions and our actions affect him. Because then I can say to you, do you know? Can you even catch a glimpse of how delighted he is when we give him our simple, all right then? He knows that we're scared. He knows that we don't know. He knows everything that is going on. And for some reason, we detach him from all emotion and put him out there as this objective, which he is, unfeeling, which he isn't God. And he feels deeply. And in that moment, I was broken by it. And I remember going to Andrew, he just, he just really, really, really loves you. And I don't know if he caught any of that. But I know what he did say was in Andrew's own inimitable way, said, that is not about me, that is about you. And I thought, cheeky flipman. Um, I, I, just, I just thought, what? 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 
I thought finally something in my life was about somebody else, and it was, but it's about who I am and who I'm called to be. So whenever tears come on you and you don't know where they've come from, just take notice. Just clock that and think, well, what's going on here? Why am I being moved? When God reveals himself to you, whether you see him as the prophet, um, he's uncovering the secrets of your heart, whether it's the priest that you are, uh, you know, you're getting rid of your stuff and you're confessing things in its way, whether it's the counselor, whether it's the shepherd or the pastor, uh, whatever aspect of himself, the father, the son, whether it's the, uh, the Samaritan who brings the good works to look after the guy who's been hurt on the road or you're the one who's hurt on the road. Whoever it is that he is revealing himself to be to you, that is who he is creating you to be. Unless you have vision and can see the thing, it will not be created. And God calls things that are not, this is Romans 8, I think it's 38, God calls things that are not as though they are. So when he is showing you himself as this, uh, you know, for me, most of the time, uh, whenever I'm really upset about something, he goes, come here, gives me a big hug, or says, it's going to be all right. I remember when I was, re- I was feeling really troubled inside and just really nervous about uh, some rejections and fears and, uh, and all this kind of stuff. And this song started playing in my head. Don't worry about a thing. Every little, this is, remember? Every little thing going to be all right. Really? really? It was a bit like the cross thing. Really? Don't worry about a thing. Well, right enough, you say, don't worry. Every little thing's going to be all right. So part of what I carry is this. It's going to be all right. Your life may be a total and utter mess. It's going to be all right. Put your hand in his hand, and all you've got to do is go, I don't know what I'm doing. And he'll put his arm around you and say, I know. Come on. Let me tell you who you really are. 1 Corinthians 1, 3-4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we have received ourselves from God. So whatever we get, we get to give away. And we need to know. Jeremiah 33, 3, great verse. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. God wants us to know what he has in store for us. And we will know it by spirit, spirit connection with him. We can only understand the light that shines on us the more that we let the light shine in us and chase out the darkness. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. 1 John 4.18 We've got to let God love the fear out of us. He wants to love us and to break us with that love so that we don't have to be afraid anymore. And a number of months ago, I said, your destiny lies beyond your strongholds. So those fears that are strategically placed here so that you don't go over there or placed here so that you don't go over there, well, God's saying, come on, it's all right, I've got you. I can get you over that. Your destiny lies over there in the place that you're not going to go because you're afraid. Your destiny lies beyond your strongholds. Our passionate pursuit of the unexpected, unpredictable spirit of God is what is going to call us, cause us to know that little bit more about who we are. Can I get you guys up?
Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. So we've got to be about seeking him with everything we have everywhere we go. Proverbs 25, 2, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. And we will not fail because Jesus said, Matthew 7, 8, for everyone who asks, receives. For the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. We just have to not give up. I'm going to tell you a story. A number of days ago, our daughter Anna, who's eight, we have a daughter Anna who's eight and a son Isaac who's five. And Anna loves to draw and to colour in. And a number of days ago, Claire, or Anna came up to Claire with this picture of an, was an oyster with a pearl in it with all of these beautiful colours. And I didn't really think of much of it because Anna would do that a lot, which is lovely. But uh, Claire had uh, put it up in our bedroom and I thought, must be something about it for her. So Claire said to me, There's something about that. I think that God sends something through that. And I said, well, you know that the, uh, that the pearl is created by irritation. She went, all right. And at that point, I resisted the urge that every good husband should to go, don't you do, don't you do, don't you do. Just thought, I could have stepped in the ministry and gone, okay, love, just let that settle there. And she would have said, shut up, Colin. Uh, we need to stay with this. Because often the, the wonderful things cause us to become someone. But the difficult things that we want to resist and we want out of cause us to become something all the more. And what Claire is prophesying, or what God is, Claire is prophesying, she can prophesy this if you want. But what God is prophesying to Claire is that if you stay with this, if you don't give up, if you let the irritation be an irritation in my presence, there is going to be a pearl at the end of this and a pearl of great prize. And what, does ha- what happens with pearls is they're displayed and their beauty is shown. Now, I get to see the pearl all the time. We get to see the pearls in each other all the time, but we often don't see the pearls within ourselves. So if this is for you, stay with it. If God hasn't given you an out, don't get out. Stay with it. When I read up about how the pearl is created, it is caused by an irritation. It's, they thought that it was caused by sand. It's actually caused by a parasite. That stings even more. Don't like that, Colin. God wouldn't do that. God wants a pearl. You are a pearl. Jesus Christ came and died for the pearl. So please, please, don't jump off the motorway before it's your ramp to get off. Please, please, don't give up before the end. Please, please, stay on track. Can I get you to stand with me? We're of a people who stick and stay. We're not giving up on anybody. As painful as it is, as much as we might want to scream and we might want to run, love never fails. Let's not be a people who give up. If it's difficult, talk to us but don't give up. If you feel like you want to give up, come and talk to us and we'll say, don't give up, you can do this. His grace is enough. His grace is enough. Hear me. His grace is enough. It may seem like it's the answer to everything. I hate to tell you, but it is. His grace is enough. His power is made perfect in our weakness. So as always, I'm going to offer some questions to help you to respond. 
I think this morning, just respond. Would you like to know more about the light that you shine? Do you need to let the fear be loved out of you? Or do you need to hold on and stay put as you become more of who you were born to be? If you can answer yes to any of those questions, please come and join me now at the front. your presence here and we ask that there would be no diminishing that there would only be increasing and I ask that you would come and ruin us this morning come and break us Lord for what you break shines you break us into wholeness come this morning